0: All right, Bitcoin accumulation country. It's that time of the week again. My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, season three and episode nineteen. Hope everybody's having a great week. Um, this was kind of a uh, this was an episode that was recorded uh, kind of at the last minute. Um, it was for the uh, the hack sprint. I, I was asked to uh, to host the uh, the wrap up session. And of course, I can't say no. You know, you get to sit and listen to all these guys talk about the, these amazing projects that they're doing on Lightning. I, I just, I, I can't say no to that. So, of course, you know, graciously agreed. So we managed to uh, pull together, you know, eight or nine people. And it was a really, really great episode. Now, before we dive into the hack sprint wrap up, we are just going to talk about some dollar cost averaging. And we're going to talk about Swan Bitcoin, who is my Bitcoin only sponsor. And of course, I just, for anybody who is interested in dollar cost averaging and who wants to be purchasing Bitcoin but doesn't want to be spending their time constantly watching the charts and listening to traders that they really have no idea whether these people are credible or not. And you kind of just want to put this in, kind of in a passive sleep mode where you're simply just accumulating and hodling and then being able to transfer that Bitcoin out to your own private address. So if you're interested in doing that and that falls in in your wheelhouse, then you are looking for Swan Bitcoin. With Swan Bitcoin, the three main takeaways are we've we can do automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchases of BTC. You can time them based on your uh, when you receive your check. You know you can do it. Uh, you know let's say once um, you can do it once a month, um, or you can do it per pay period as well. Um, there's Lots of options for you to be able to customize how you purchase, and you could automatically withdraw to your uh, your chosen address. So if you're interested in a Bitcoin only platform um, that is doing the uh, the great work of helping onboard people, then you definitely want to check out Swan Bitcoin. I'm going to have the uh, the link to their website in the show notes. All right, without further ado, here is the wrap up for the lightning hack sprint thanks for joining us on the fun with bitcoin podcast uh, we're actually going over to the uh the hack sprint so this is going to be kind of like an iteration of the lightning node roundtable but once again the hack sprint edition where we've got these totally awesome developers from the you know from the lightning world you know absolutely pushing the envelope and seeing what we can do with this and they're all together to talk about their projects and um as always, we're very fortunate to have Rootsall and Jeff uh, Fulmo, and I'm gonna go. I am. gonna go down the. Cool. Hey guys, I'm gonna go down the, cool. hey <laughs> go down the list because uh, you know we got uh, we got like seven or eight people here. So yeah, we've got Rootsall, we've got uh, Jeff Fulmo, we've got Open Noms. and we also have uh, uh, the Twitter handle h1cayman and uh, at Capitalist Dog and renee picard joining us so guys thank you very much and uh, frankie for joining us thank you so much so hi everyone <laughs> all right so well before we uh, i guess before we get started um rootsall and uh, jeff have a pretty good knowledge of the projects that were going on so i'm gonna kick it over to uh to rootsall to uh, see if he can uh, fill us in on what's happened this weekend
1: yeah, so the the hack sprint it was now a second hack sprint, and always the idea is to uh, work on challenges. So the idea is just projects from from the lightning space. We know from the hack days, and also we we see online that are uh, showing stuff. Always welcomed here to 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 participate as a project, and then every project can put up challenges and uh, kind of ideas what they want to work on and use the, the the weekend to to get some progress. It's not a hackathon where you have to be forced to, to, to deliver a prototype in the end. It's more like for existing proje- projects or new project, just to make some development, some progress, and then kind of exchange on it and uh, and present now in the wrap-up maybe what, what was the outcomes of it. And that's why we're here. And I'm happy to give you an overview, uh, but maybe Jeff can get to say a little bit more about the, the, the full and Hexprint in general.
2: Yeah, happy to do that. Who? Um, oh, um, where do I start? Um, at the beginning, maybe? <laughs> well, um, I How guess uh, we started Fulmo as a um, research and development company uh, focused on the Lightning Network around the time when it went to the main net, so a bit more than two years ago. And at the beginning, we really didn't know a whole lot about the Lightning Network, and we quickly found out that it's the same case for everybody else. So we started the Lightning Network. Um, hack days, which uh, were gatherings or our gatherings um, that we do to get everyone together to, to learn more about the Lightning um, Network and to get some projects going. And this kind of developed over the course of two years now. Um, and now we went online because we, last month we wanted to do a hack sprint. Sorry, hack day. I mean, I, I get confused with the names myself. Um, <laughs> the Hack Day in Barcelona, and then we were not allowed to travel anymore, so we uh, moved it online. And this is, has been the second edition of the Lightning Hack Sprint, trying to get everyone together to work on existing open-source Lightning projects to just get some progress going and look at some issues together um, and just sort of create a spirit of community and motivate some people to just take the weekend to, to work in Lightning um, in a very general sense, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, everybody had to do advanced stuff like, you know, protocol development or prototypes of JIT routing. Um, some people just took the weekend to to maybe work on their Raspberry Blitz, um, set up their first node, or maybe like learn about channel management or read up on the lightning network a bit. Um, so yeah. I'm also pretty excited to hear about some of the progress. I've been following along some of the conversations. We set up a MetaMos instance, which is pretty much an open source alternative to Slack. And we also have a Jitsi instance running, which was used for video calls and video kind of chat coordination. And Jitsi is also an open source alternative to, well, most people we assume nowadays, I guess. And then we have a wiki, it's org, where all the coordination is going on in regards to challenges and bounties. And I guess right now we just uh, see, take a look at the projects that people worked on. We can always look at the wiki and um, also later and check out um, what happened. And I think it's a pretty diverse uh, array of projects, all from um, like some extensions to to actually like some protocol improvements or potential protocol improvements. So um, I'm also quite excited to hear it like all in one bundle right now.
0: So how many projects do you like, uh, did you have in this hack sprint?
2: Um, looking at the website, it's, it was 16 projects oh, wow. that are on the wiki. So some of them were already in second iteration. Some of them were there for the first hack sprint as well. Or really, like some of the projects have been coming to all the hack days as well. And um, they kind of started at the hack days and have been developing over the last two years. And But there's also newcomers all the time or a project that are sort of old, but have really gotten the attention they needed, and they just kind of joined the Hexprint. Uh, but Christian is going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Cool. Um,
0: yeah, let's let's dive into yeah. it, man. There's like there's sixteen. Yeah, it's yeah, there's sixteen. And I'm love- also excited because we have like
2: a new thing today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not, not, not on every program to be fair, a pro project to be fair was made big process, but, um, um at least people were there and offering for people to join there. So, but, but also not, uh, sometimes it's really just ongoing pro- projects that try to present themselves, see if somebody jumps in, uh, and, and likes to join and sometimes nobody jumps in, this happens, but also sometimes new ideas get, get created. And this is a point where I like to, to hand over to, uh, to René to talk uh, or to tell us a little bit about the, the JIT routing that turned into a very interesting uh, idea and the, uh, to turn into a prototype here and give us a background there. What what was the progress and what is the idea of JIT routing and what, what was the progress made? Okay, so the,
3: the idea ah, of JIT yeah. routing is oh, yeah, when I have some feedback in the... So so the idea of routing is if you are a lightning node and you receive an onion, you're supposed to forward the onion. Let's say I am supposed to forward the onion to you, Christian. Then it might happen that all the balance of this channel is on your side and I cannot forward the onion. What I would regularly do is I would send back an arrow to the initiator of the onion and he could try a different path. With JIT routing, what I do is I interrupt the routing process and I try if I can rebalance my channels in a way that I send money on another channel that I have in a circle through you back to me so that I have enough liquidity that I am able to forward the package. And I did some research up here in Norway, and it turns out that when you do this JIT routing, the success rate of payment goes up, the network communication that is overall needed goes down, and the information that is being leaked about channel balances also goes down so this is a really great algorithm and that motivated me to say hey we really need this in lightning now and i wanted to use the hex print to put it into lightning and um, one important thing that you have to do in order to be able to do that is you have to know what your channel partners have for a balance and what we did right now is we extended the lightning network protocol that a node can always send a query to their peers and say, hey, please share your balance information with me. And then you get the reply and you know what balance they have and then you can find um, a rebalancing circle. So we actually started to spec out a protocol for sharing this information and we implemented a prototype It's 460 lines of Python code as a C-Lightning plugin. Um, huge coders to Christian Decker, who has developed the plugin infrastructure for C-Lightning and who also provided the ability to send custom lightning messages um, via uh, the plugin API. So that made it really easy for us. And the main challenge for us was actually specking everything out and uh, flipping bits and bytes. So um, it's not um, a prototype for full JIT routing because for that, we also need the fee-free onions. Um, which is a totally different challenge, but it's the first really important step that a node can say, hey, I want to rebalance for, let's say, 50,000 Satoshis. Please give me all channels back that you would be willing to help me rebalancing 50,000 Satoshis. So we're not asking for exact uh, balances, but we're just saying, hey, please give me those channels on which you would be willing to help me
1: rebalancing.
3: Um, yeah, and that's working. And you just... We finished, we finished one minute before 8.
1: Yeah, just quickly, I thought we had a a shortly drop out from the live stream. So maybe if you can, the last 30 seconds, you can repeat. Sorry for that.
3: Okay, so what was the last 30 seconds? I think I made a shout out to Christian Decker, um, who, who provides a great API that you don't have to patch a lightning mode implementation, which is much harder, but we can just send out custom lightning messages via the plugins. And um, the main work that we then did is actually just specing out everything. So we have actually two things. We have um, a fork right now of the plugins repository where we provide this plugin that has this functionality. And um, I will shortly make, um, uh, we worked in the Google documents, but we have two pages of extensions for the bolts that actually specify how we're sending out the messages um, that others can then implement so that nodes can share this information. And we don't share the exact balance information, but we just make this query of saying, hey, I want to rebalance, let's say, 50,000 Satoshis. Please tell me on which channels you would be willing to forward 50,000 Satoshis so that you could help me in rebalancing.
0: So I, I do have a question about that. Um, I just want to know, is, in terms of the user experience, is this something that is expected to eventually be, like, automated in the background so that the user doesn't initiate yeah. it? Or is it going to be, like, a selectable option when you, you know, when you set up a node or something like that, where you choose to enable that to be a node that uh, chooses to help as a, you know, like as a balancing node.
3: Yes. So routing is something that eventually should take place within a second, right? So we cannot expect somebody to get pinged or be like, hey, do you want to help? And then <laughs> type end an and say, oh, yes. You know, so I mean, this should obviously happen in the background. Okay. Um, the way how we spec it out for the bolts now is that it's completely optional, right? So I make the query to you and I ask you, hey, which channels do you want to rebalance? You can decide to not answer to this query, you can decide to send back fewer channels, or you can decide to send back wrong information and more channels, right? So um, this is for, for nodes who want to protect their privacy and who don't want to get probed by such a query. <laughs> they can basically act randomly or they can just drop the query, right? I mean, I cannot um, check the information that you have anyway, right? After you send back the information, your node might already be changed due to other routing requests for fulfilling um, But the way how we designed it is it's fault tolerance due to wrong information and it's completely optional. So it will probably be configurable in your Lightning node. Like if it's being implemented on Lightning node, you would probably have the option, do you want to engage in these fee-free free rebalancing things And if yes, maybe you want to have some parameter where you obfuscate the information because you don't want to share everything every time. Um, But yeah. I I should say that sharing this information seems like a huge privacy breach. Because basically, I am asking you, hey, on what channels do you have liquidity? But the thing is, every time that you you send a regular payment, I already learned so much about channel balances. Because everywhere where the payment fails, I actually know the entire balance on the other side of the channel. Right. So every time I make a payment, it's already like leaking information. And that is what I said in the very beginning. We simulated this and doing this actually leaks, leaks less information on average than just our regular probing that we currently do. So that's
1: pretty fair. So, so when I understand. When I understood it right, like it's you, you're sharing this extra information just with your neighbor nodes, right so um, so it, it's not that you um, let in the whole network now your liquidity on the channels it's more like the the net nodes you have the channels with you share a little bit more information to coordinate better, better right so it's okay. it's yeah and that's, I really like the approach so
3: so, so I, I I mean I know already my channels all of them so I know on which channels I could attempt a rebalancing and uh, for those channels where I could attempt a rebalancing, I ask them about their channels and say, hey, what, what, what do you have? Right? Because then I already know like a good fraction of the network where I can probably find a circular onion without trying too much. Because if I would start probing all the time, this would um, uh, interrupt the routing process for too much time. Whereas if I just get the information back, well, then I can rebalance on, 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 on this like subgraph and then everybody is happy,
1: hopefully. All right. Any any further questions, Conigris? So on that one, or we should next pro, we um, the next project.
0: I would actually do just one one quick question. Uh, was about I, I'm sorry because you mentioned uh, C lightning. Is this going to be is is this already available to be worked on in LND? Did you already mention that? I'm super sorry.
3: Yeah. So so the thing is, um, we, we we did both. We worked on a document that specifies this in a bold style, but we later want to also like really work on putting this into the bolds. Um, and then, of course, the LND engineers can implement this in LND. But currently, the code is only working on C Lightning. I mean, this is the usual process also with BIPS, right? You make a proposal in the like specification form as a text document, and then you provide a, a reference implementation, usually for one of the implementations. And then during discussion phase, the others would probably also create a patch for their implementation. So, I mean, this is still work in progress. As I said, this is only the first part of sharing this information. Um, which is a protocol change, right? Then computing yeah. the rebalancing engine, that is something I can then locally do and can actually execute this. But, I mean, this is, uh, as I has, have written this in the challenge on the wiki, it's two parts. The first one is sharing the information. The other one is doing the actual rebalance. And we decided that we wanted to work on the first part in the, uh, or I suggested to work on the first part on this weekend. And as I said, one minute before the live stream we finished the first part. Though I also have to say we probably have to clean up the code a little bit more before we really, like, give it to other people for review because it's, it's, it's very hacky in the end. But, I mean, it's working.
0: Man, I, I think it's absolutely amazing. I, I don't think that people really appreciate the groundwork that, that's being done, you know, on, on L2. And, and this is really – I anyways, this is really cool. Thank you very much, by the way, for, uh, you know, for coming on and sharing.
3: You're very welcome. And thanks for all the other great projects. And I'm very, I I will stay actually. I'm
1: very excited to hear what the others did. (laughs)
0: Cool. Okay. Roots all, who do we got? Okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, of course uh, I can report from the recipe blitz because uh, that's that's where I'm uh, always active. But because I have to uh, go around a lot, um, my 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 programming time was a little bit limited. But we got some got some nice thing done. We inter- did introductions there into the recipe blitz 1.5 release. So because this this was released, the final release was done for recipe blitz 1.5 for the Hexprint. and we were able to um, to give introductions there and help people a little bit on the update side. So this as well as quite good support work and a lot of people that joined or not a lot of people, but some people that joined, we um, really, uh, used that opportunity of the weekend to, to update their nodes. Um, also, we were running some more tests to work on an issue to make the public IP discovery a little bit more decentralized so that we can use the local router for that. Even though we are going for the future a little bit more into the Tor, uh, kind of by default way for the recipe blitz, there should be, still be the option when you choose to um, to, to run your node on, on a public IP that you have from your ISP that, that you don't. Need to call any any external servers to to find out your, your IP so that this is kept locally and to reduce a, a dependency outside. Um, then there is a uh, uh, we did experimental install script for Faraday. That's the um, the one. Service that was released by Lightning Labs to uh, help you to better manage your node. So there's LD manage already on the Raspberry uh, Blitz, but to give you more options, we also wanted to see if we can get Faraday running, at least a basic install script, not finished yet, but uh, but started. And also, uh, Open Arms did the uh, um, uh, install script for SunderHub Sun- that was presented in a self-organized session. It's a, a little bit similar to RTL. Uh, helping you to manage your node um, with a, uh, through a web interface, but a little bit different kind of uh, focus there. So if OpenOMS wants to tell us a little bit more on that, and maybe what would be great, OpenOMS, are you there? Uh, show us the Join market integration or the Join market ease of use that you were working on during the Hexprint.
4: Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. So, yes, uh, yeah, Thunderhub did really did a good impression. I mean, it, it's a bit different from RTLs. It is only focusing on L&D, so there is no, like, C lighting and, and planned eclair uh, support. But it does support key send messages already. So you can, um, I mean, eventually you should be able to, like, chat it like other people using ju- Juggernaut and similar things. And it also shows shows the UI in a different way. So it's, like, it's just it's just a good option to have. Um, so try to share my screen now. Um, and please let me know if it works. It should be the entire screen uh showing now. Yeah, and, I see it. And I will check just um, click on this little kind of uh excerpt of this write up where which I will put into the join market tutorial. Um, oh, running with the rest of it. So, what we achieved there is that we could um make the dependencies work so the actual draw market graphical interface which is you know, made by the draw market team is able to run from the Raspberry without we would need to um install it on windows for example i mean it's, it's already worked obviously it's na- quite native on linux and on mac as well but for uh for windows to work we need to install little extension uh, called xming, which is an X server which does allow for the graphical bits to appear uh, through PuTTY and like from the terminal, basically. Um, so once this little program is installed in it just takes a couple of kilobytes, 95 kilobytes and a couple of clicks to install with defaults, just need to start PuTTY, which m- most people use to connect to the rest of this terminal already. And um, I preset these settings, which because it can be saved, you just need to put the Raspberry IP, the port 22, uh, which is all written here. And then you can set up the default username, which is JoyMarket marketing in this case. And what's an extra step is that you need to <coughs> allow for this X11 forwarding which is the actual graphical interface forwarding. So once this is all set up, just go to open and uh, they put the terminal opens and I uh, will use my password B to log into the Market user. And now with the automation we've done, there is a little, the tutorial is linked here already, uh, which gives you further clues to how to use JoinMarket from the command line. And then the <coughs> virtual environment is activated and we are in the actual directory where the scripts can be run. Um, so from here, I just um, write this in that Python join market Qt py. This is starting this, this Python uh, interface. And press and enter. And it shouldn't take long to for it to start. And there we go. Um, so this is the, I mean, not that they are known, but very useful uh, joint market Qt GUI, which uh, can be used now. And then now I can load a wallet, for example, this is just a test wallet of mine. Uh, it's on mainnet, so, you know, it's empty. <laughs> but am uh, not happy to share how it works. So it is just reading the addresses from directly from Bitcoin Core. And then there we go. We already have uh the five mix depth varying appearing which is you know all described in the join market tutorial and uh we would need to send uh to fund this wallet on these addresses. Just to note that this copy paste here is will not work because this clipboard clipboard is actually on the Raspberry This is not the clipboard of the of the uh Windows computer where we're seeing this. But we can use a QR code. So if we would fund this Wallet from a mobile phone, for example, it can be easily scanned like that, and yeah, all of the settings, and we can like pay with CoinJoin from here, and you can we can use every functionality of Join Market uh, except the yield generator, which is still need to be used from the command line. Um, so, so yeah, if you would have any funds here they would they would list here and we could unfreeze or or freeze them unfreeze them and then uh, exercise some coin control there um so that is it really so what it what this what appears here i could just make this appear the same wallet could be worked with in the terminal as well so this is really just uh, an extension of the Join market running on on our Raspberry. So I think it's quite handy and and works on every major operating system. So yeah, that was a quick demonstration of it. And uh, we, what we have done any more things? Yes, I mean this is just some help for for a lot of people. It is not known that we have uh, included these uh, little shortcuts for for the. Um, to be able to call the menu directly without waiting for the automatic start. Um, so we'll include this into fact. And also would like to, again, come back to this to this TX function, which is uh, the contribution of 21 is enough, um, which is a little function where you can just type, in, type it into the terminal and paste a raw transaction in the hex format, which is either coming from the joint, joint market, offers it automatically and asks if you want to broadcast to the network yourself or you want to copy paste and use this Tor this DX, for example. Or you can copy it from Electrum Wallet as well. And what it does, it just pushes it through the Blockstream API, through Tor, and then into the network. So this is a, um, yeah, it's a privacy feature. So the sending of the transaction cannot be like, triangulated to your node um, and your IP address. This way, yeah, I think that's that's what I what I'd like to show. So, uh, thank you.
0: Open arms. That it's very interesting. I, I was trying to, I was actually trying to figure out um, because I went to ThunderHub.io, and it, it looks to me kind of like a backend management interface. But what you're explaining here really sounds like a, you know, much more of a privacy feature.
4: ThunderHub? No. Yeah. Uh, so. So. I, uh, I, I, thunderhub is so we, we were speaking about join market now right yeah and, and sorry I got, I got confused we were, we were speaking about this little toward, the, toward this tx function which can be used from the raspblitz command line right yeah so thunderhub is a web management user interface like rtl right it's just a different yeah. uh thing so i cannot really demonstrate that now on this computer. Oh, no, that's but, okay. Um, I... um, you will be able to set it up yourself and just, uh, open it on like the port, you know, 2001 or 2008, whatever you are setting up and you will be, uh, taken to, yeah, to an interface which which is screenshot it is screenshotted here. So yeah, it looks like this. So it, it is again, you know, um, uh, has all the functions which you would want to do with your lightning node. If you have any questions, um, I mean, they'll probably integrate it to the Raspberry It's for the next, uh, for the next version. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, there are a couple of things. It's under development as, as everything is, I'd say, <laughs> uh, but it is, it is a very nice project.
0: Yeah. I like it a lot. I'm definitely going to give it a try.
4: Right. So. Richard, if you'd like to continue with the uh, any other things which have been going on on the asphalt, or so connected to other projects which we've been working on.
1: Yeah, I think basically we we have the most rest Pi uh, stuff covered. So, so you were showing three things on one side with the Thunder uh, Hub we were uh, working on to integrate as an alternative um, management uh, for for RTL maybe in the future. Then you were showing the uh, join market uh, that you can where you can now use also with from Windows the, the Qt, the graphical interface. Um, so this was kind of the outcome, also from the hexprint, and also they had in the end this little little feature we had uh, in the 1.5 release now to to, trans, uh, to send your transactions over the Blockstream maybe over Tor if you if you want to do that, uh, and, and if it's that on adds uh, a little bit privacy options there. Right. So I think we covered all on, on the Raspberry blitz. So um, we can continue to to another project or another pair of projects that we're working on, and that was the Ellen bits and the Quickening, and I heard Hikeman was uh, kind of working on this, so jump in now and uh, show you stuff.
5: So, um, yes, I worked the weekend on, on, the, on the Quickening, I'm not sure if every, everybody knows the, the, the POS. Um, it's a hardware device, Is you can accept invoices, I think it's used in the Room 77, and um, the idea for for me was um, to to connect it to to bits and and run LNBits on on a dedicated Raspberry Pi to to have a tool to manage different devices um, like like the, the the point of sale and manage manage the wallets behind the point of sale in um, the today's application you need to configure. Via Arduino to create and, and um, have the macaroons from your for example from your Raspberry Blitz on it and I think this is um, I think it's relatively insecure and um, with LNBITS, Bits you have the chance to to create wallets for for different devices and here I have an instance of LNBITS Bits on a, on a dedicated Ros- Raspberry Pi and the idea is to to At an extension to to manage, for example, the the point of sale devices, and um, maybe later some other devices, which uh, like a vending machine or, um, ATMs or something like
1: this. Yeah. So if I understand it right, it's uh it's uh, it's normally if you connect the POS there with the Raspberry Blitz, it's kind of. Just one POS and your recipe blitz, and yeah. um, and uh, normally you, c- you can just receive. So there's not a the danger there that people can remove funds with it. But uh, yeah. if you want to manage more than one and have maybe multiple stores, but you just want to run one uh, one recipe blitz or one node, so LMBits bits can help you out to to make accounts, right? And then you can you, you build an extension there to, to then connect the multiple uh, the multiple POS systems, correct?
5: Uh, yes, this is, this is the idea. But, but um, another another point is to to configure the the devices um, via the via the, the Bits interface. Then you need to to add all the keys, macaroons, or something like this. Um, with the Arduino, you need to compile it and flash it. And I'm sure not not everyone. For, this is not easy for everyone. Um, it would be easier if you have only here an extension. Here you put all you connect it to to a wallet, and via one click you configure the the device. Here, for example, via, via Bluetooth or maybe Wi-Fi, or you connect um, the the POS to the to the Raspberry, Raspberry Pi with the bits on it. And um, I, I am think this could be a very interesting solution for if you have a bar with different POS devices. You don't have a Full, full, um, full node in the backend, but you can use here with LNBits, You can use different lightning backends, uh, um, lightning implementations. And you have only this, this is a Raspberry Pi device as hub for, for the, which, which abstract and, um, yeah, so the functionality of lightning. And, well, I think this is a nice idea. I want to play around a bit. I have some ideas I have written down in, in the repo here regarding this um extension i think um ben is also working on the bluetooth stuff um, i will work in the next weeks on it we will have a full working solution for the for the m5 stack with the pos and maybe it's, maybe the the duty self pos device but i see also other other devices like um the, the general esp32 or other m5 devices and you have know, the ideas to play around with it and um, well, let's see what what um, if someone has some ideas to to for another device just let me know open some issues. Maybe I, I overseen some some fundamental issues here but, um, well, um, what I did the weekend.
0: No, I think it's uh, I, I think it's absolutely amazing because that's that's definitely something that's missing. And if we expect, you know, if we actually expect people to be taking this on as uh, you know as as a solution as a retail solution, we we have to be able to support you know the multiple POSs. So it's totally awesome.
5: Yeah, this is all, all the whole setup here. Nice. Actually, this here on the Raspberry Pi um, is the bits Is actually is connected with with Open Node because I had some issues with um, my Raspberry Blitz. And here is the device. And the next step is to connect it physically and, and flash, flash the, the POS from here, from the Raspberry Pi, maybe via Wi-Fi or with USB or and configured via Bluetooth. Um, ben have, has some cool ideas. Um, I have some ideas. We need to bring everything together and uh, go. Maybe on the next experiment, we have a solution here <laughs> and a running <laughs> prototype.
0: No, that's yeah. fa- that's fantastic, man! Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome.
5: And thank you all for 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 the organization, everything here. It's a very nice event. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: Very cool.
6: Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thanks.
1: So the uh, uh, I think we can jump to the next project, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, so we we had sent many the sent many app project. So by Fusion44, I don't see Fusion44 in the chat. Say something if you're there, just if in, just in case I don't see you. But. Okay, but uh, the outcome so far, as I, I was seeing, like worked on some um, some some issue fixing. So last time, the last hexprint we connected the SendMany app to the uh, Raspberry Blitz. So on the version one point five, it's now included. You can uh, connect the SendMany app. What's 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 the SendMany app? Is a little bit like a mobile wallet, like you know from a Zap, for example. Um, but uh, it uh, it gives you also the the possibility to. Um, to send messages uh, with your key. If you have key send e- enabled, it also gives you the possibility now to really chat them from your mobile uh, app directly. So that is connected to your recipe blitz. So last time we made those chats and this time I think the mission of F- uh, Fusion 44 was a little bit to clean up code, to, to uh, fetch invoices, messages in the background, uh, to, to optimize on that and to um, get to into this notifications uh, thing a little bit more so it was more like a little bit housework but it's also welcome to do this during a hack sprint, like to to do just to clean up stuff sometimes you, you go fastly forward and you want to to get to a prototype and sometimes you, you you use your weekend to just clean up stuff make stuff more reliable and I think this was was, was uh, his part here on, on the sandman app yeah. um then we had the uh, the the zap read
7: you went on mute,
1: Christian.
0: Yeah, I think you went on mute.
1: Yeah, sorry for that. I got confused here with my browser windows. <laughs> sorry for that. No <laughs> <That> worries. Uh, <laughs> so we we had the uh, the zap read. Let me go back here. Right, and um, it's a little bit like a Reddit uh, idea, like a social media site uh, that uh, you can post stuff, and then for upvoting and downvoting, there's some some sets uh, paying some sets involved. So. Um, the uh, this this is programmed in, in .NET, so with C sharp, and the outcome uh, of the project was was working on was a setup demonstration project on GitHub about the LNUL integration, I think and uh, did a little bit more research and uh, identified issues that would be nice to, to to fix. And maybe people can jump in on the nec- nec- uh, next Hexprint uh, and uh, a little bit to check out what fun- what middleware can be used. So uh, this is definitely a nice project to check out. It's, it's online, zapread.com. So if you want to give it give it a, a test uh, how it's working already. And again, if you like this website and you like to improve it, I think uh, they will be around uh, on the next Hexprint also to jump in there. Um, yeah, and uh, then we had the uh, Toto IP tunnel service. This is also um, um, started on the last hack sprint. So on the last tech sprint, uh, it, we found uh, a way to to tunnel. So the idea is, just to give you a quick recap, uh, is that you, I have my Raspberry Blitz here, and maybe I want to run it def- uh, securely, privately behind Tor. That's a good way to do, and maybe def- more and more default in the future. But there are some devices out there that I cannot connect very easily through Tor. So, for example, a POS system will be very, very hard on this little devices. There is no Tor running. You cannot install a Tor client there. They need a clean net IP. Uh, also, or if you want to pair your mobile uh, wallet, that uh, it's very hard for on some, some phones to in, to to build Tor into those wallets or have a Tor proxy running and, and configure it all together. So uh, the idea is more like it would be nice that when I run my Raspberry behind uh, behind Tor, that I can rent a service uh, or a bill, a set up a service where um, where I get a clear net IP from another server running and can use this IP and port uh, this IP and port address uh, that, that is then forwarded a little bit like a VPN to my to my uh, Tor uh, node so that I can so to this device to the outside I have an IP. But even those, this bridge is just uh, forwarding it into the Tor network. This is the idea of this tunnel service. And um, yeah. on the last time, we had a prototype where we found a way how to make this work if you want to set it up with your own server. But this is maybe not also very easy for everybody that's running a Raspberry Blitz. So there was the idea it would be nice to have a little bit more Easy solution, maybe a kind of store uh, or a website where you can go and just click your click that service and pay it with some satoshis and then have it uh, have it running and and configured very easily. For example, with your Raspberry blitz. And Frankie was working on this uh, after the last hack sprint. and kind of finished a first prototype during uh, during this uh, hack sprint. So and I would very like hand over to him to show you what what he created.
7: Okay. Yeah, I guess you already covered everything that I wanted to say to introducing why and what Sorry. we've been doing. Uh, but I think you did a very good explanation. Um, yeah, Toto IP Tunnel Service, um, as you already indicated, uh, this was uh, a part of the last text sprint, and I have a screenshot here. I hope you can see it from the discussions uh, between Open RMS uh, and Emsi. Uh, basically, hey, here this is the solution. Uh, great, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, uh, created the tutorial uh, which kind of also um, uh, had the, the description how to make a permanent service that will also work after a reboot. And so the technical things I think were there. The question was just how kind of do we scale this? How do we make this easy? Uh, how do we interface with this? And um, yeah, I have been working on something to get um, the Python Django environment uh, ready for... Um, lightning <laughs> services uh, anyway i had this in mind and have been working on it and i thought it would be a great a kind of proof of concept to also get this uh, this this taught to ip uh, shop online and um, yeah i spent some time in the last four weeks and also yesterday and today on this and uh, basically um yeah i have a proof of concept it's uh, not the prettiest, but it, it's working. And uh, my, my, my idea is just in the end that I have um, yeah I have a shop. It's running at shop.ip2t.org. So IP talk. And um, you can go there if you want and check it out. Basically, um, there's the concept of the shop and there's a the concept of hosts. And the hosts are the devices that uh, host bridges. And uh, the bridge is kind of one TCP port on ClearNet forwarded to one tor onion address on one port so basically if i want to connect um, yeah for example uh, from from a esp32 uh, to, to a grpc of my lnd for example i would need that i would purchase a, a clean tcp port that will end, end up on my lnd for example and um Yeah, one host can obviously host multiple uh, bridges, Uh, one host has 65,000 ports, so in theory, that many bridges, and uh, the idea is also that one shop can handle multiple hosts, so one person has one shop to host maybe 10 bridges, uh, bridge hosts, but it could even be that several people just use the same host, but different people spin up hosts in different areas, data centers, or whatever and yeah the, the proof of concept kind of works that i um yeah here i have my my host uh, running um i have uh, tor bridges i'm offering for uh, a great price of one satoshi or thousand satoshi and basically what the user at the moment sees is basically um yeah i i can uh, purchase a tor bridge here he has to include um, a tor onion address together with the port maybe add something like lightning um Experience and then exactly. So, basically, um, yeah, create a uh, purchase order which uh, triggers a lightning invoice to be created. Um, I think the stream had a little bit of lag, so I'm not rushing too much. Basically, I have um, an order that needs to be paid. I have a bridge that's still in initial status. Um, the real lightning invoice is unpaid. And I'm not sure somebody's quicker than me in paying this i am just, yeah, have my phone, uh, paid it, take a moment to register, I guess. Yeah, so basically the invoice changed to paid, um, purchase is paid, and the bridge went from initial to pending to active, and now I have an active, um, yeah, bridge connection. Just copying the IP from here. So what I can do now on Clearnet on the browser, the port that's... Demogods. gods
0: <laughs> privacy is a purchase i like it
7: yeah of course towards involved it might be a little bit of delay maybe i missed up a typo here on the board i don't know but um yeah demo yeah that's yeah so basically yes, <laughs> a top page uh, over in a net ip address um, and um of course um what we actually have in mind with, for this is like more integrating this as a service. So what's also possible here is to view this information over an API. So basically, um, what I can retrieve and I, when I have an ID for something like this is, uh, OK, my, my bridge is active. Um, this comment I've entered here, and basically, how, when will this bridge expire? So basically, the idea is you buy a bridge maybe for 100 Satoshi for 24 hours. And then you just extend uh, for another 24 hours. Um, uh, this is great because maybe the host goes down or something else changes, and then you don't really put up put up front uh, payment, it's maybe for one month, a week, or, or a year, or whatever. And that's that's really nice, uh, kind of. You can also switch quickly if something happens. And um, yeah, the idea maybe would be that we maybe could uh, actually include this in in the Raspberry Blitz as an automatic subscription that you automatically just enter the in the in the menus. Uh, I want to use this. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm paying like. Uh, 100 Satoshi per day, and then I can connect my POS or my uh, iPhone to Zap or whatever. And that's the quick presentation on the shop.ip.org. <laughs> yeah.
0: Frankie, Any man.
2: that's
7: pretty cool stuff there.
2: And I think we also have on that front like a small announcement uh, or actually a bounty to give away. That would be a good time to jump in capitalist stock.
8: yeah, um, yeah, I saw this project on the um, on the challenges board uh, last time, and I thought um, immediately this would be a great service to sell for the reasons that were already mentioned. Um, and uh, glad to see Frankie uh, this time around put something like this together and it's kind of moving in that direction where anybody can just spend a few sacks and get a clear net IP for their service so um awarding a 1 million sat bounty for this and glad to uh glad to help move tour along this is something that we've been researching for shock wallet which um you know idea shock wallet is largely around uh commercial ventures so um providing tools to business owners that maybe want to protect their anonymity is going to be pretty big going forward so uh glad to uh glad to put a bounty out for this and have somebody uh, build something
1: that people can start using. Cool. Thank you very much. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Congratulations on the first bounty claim.
0: Hey. Hey. Thanks.
7: Yeah. I will. I will million cents. I will connect with MZ and Norms uh, uh, how, how we how we split that up and how we proceed with that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we can also have some discussions on whether maybe something's missing from your point of view or how you would integrate it. It's. I th- i don't think we have to wait for the next expert but it might be something for the next expert
8: yeah i I think putting polish on something like this you know the the, the concept is in place the polish around providing the service can come pretty quickly yeah so i got definitely some ideas how it could be uh used in a you know a service type setting so uh groundwork's there so
1: well cool. thank you very much i just like to add that this is a uh, open source uh, of course it's completely open source um so everybody can kind of now set up such a, sh- a shop it's still a prototype so don't don't rush too quick there, but uh, everybody can set up a shop, and then you can kind of pool together with people that have servers running, uh, and and set those as or use those servers for 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 delivering bridges and coordinate. So this is and and then we want to add this to the Blitz in the future, so that it's very very easy for you to uh, once your node is funded with, with Bitcoin and you have some channels running, and then you want to connect your devices, it, you can we off, can offer very quickly to to go to one of those shops, uh, pick a pick one of those server bridges, pay for it and and have a little bit like subscription on there that you of course can cancel any day so. Uh, but then, pro- giving you this this the service. And please don't forget, we're combining here very very nice privacy technology. We have your tor- your node is running behind Tor, so the service doesn't know uh, who's exactly there uh, that is uh, that is uh, forwarded to. So uh, normally, if we have communication with the with the LND APIs, mm-hmm. it's encrypted with the TLS certificate. So there's even the service cannot snoop on the on the traffic that it's forwarding. And um, and paying it with Lightning uh, is, is exactly even also giving you the privacy on the payment. So so on every kind of step of the way, I think it's it's pre, it's very privacy preserving, and uh, you just pay and you get the service. And uh, I think I very much like this and want to also to see this on the rest of it soon.
0: Oh yeah, I absolutely think it's remarkable. I, I mean, this is it, it's just really phenomenal to see all the different pieces that are coming together. You know, in, in order to build out this ecosystem, it's, you know, j- just a lot of this stuff I would have never thought of doing, you know, and it's just absolutely amazing to see it all come together and all work
1: Cool. And uh, to make it work, we, we need a var- variety of Lightning node implementations out there. So we come to the... what uh, is what a uh, So we, we get to the... Segway, not SegWit. Um, so we get to the Rust Lightning node implementation. Uh, St. Maxime, is there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Perfect. Go ahead and show us the progress. You started on the last hex sprint, so uh, and let us know what happened maybe in between and what you were working on the weekend.
9: Yeah. Uh, well, basically, the the truth is, the project has started on the first Lightning hot Sprint, and that's I'm uh, really grateful to you guys that you actually created this event, and it attracted some attention already. Uh, this week, uh, we were planning to uh, upgrade. The current state of the project so what happened since the last hack sprint is that uh, i was able to do a pull request into rust lightning library which underlies uh, the project uh, to adopt uh, the latest uh, rust bitcoin Because there was a difference in versioning system between Rust Bitcoin, it moved forward, and Rust Lightning, which used the previous version of Rust Bitcoin, and it created such challenges. So uh, uh, I moved the PR and it was accepted. uh, And uh, over the weekend, uh, I was able to upgrade uh, the Lightning node to use this latest version of Rust Lightning. However, uh, there is another thing. which is a bit complicated, and actually that have taken the most of the time. Uh, the point of the Rust node we are developing is to make it really modular and upgradable. And the, the way the Rust lightning library made, it's more like a toolkit. Basically, if you need to set up a Rust lightning no- a lightning node that does nothing but lightning, the, the proper lightning, it works well. But when you need to split the Lightning protocol into separate layers and modules, as we need, for instance, we have guys here I would like very much to hear on the progress of DLC on Rust Lightning, but I, expected, uh, I expect that they met the same problems that we met when we were doing RGB. And it is the reason why we started doing the node. It's not only Rust Lightning node, it's also a way of separating the dif- different modules of Lightning protocol, like removing the uh, network into a separate layer. We have a connections and we have encryption and this protocol, it can be actually used outside of the Lightning. And then build uh, commitment transactions and Lightning channel transactions as a kind of um, you know, as with a factory, where you can add different functionality to the transaction and not being limited to the structure that is dictated by the current state of the Lightning network only. So while we were doing this modular, it actually had required us to reorganize other parts of the Rust Lightning library. So uh, for instance, we are using um, multi-threading very much, and uh, each peer basically has its own uh, threads and this weekend we came to conclusion that basically it should be a thread for reading and th- read for writing to each peer, and they will be working independently from each other. And while we were able to do that at the level of uh, lightning node quite easily, uh, we met some problems with underlying layers, with the Rust Lightning, for instance, where the reading and writing part can be basically separated from each other. So most of the work has gone into some refactoring of underlying libraries, and I'm using the LNPBP library we are creating with an LMP Lightning Network protocol module to separate uh, these parts of the Lightning Network protocol into quite well-defined modules, like transport layer, peer layer.
1: Uh, Yeah, we're here.
9: Yeah, yeah, that's all, basically.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. Um so um the maybe then we r- r- jump right to the to the other project the executing the DLCs on uh on Rust Lightning. Please please give us a little bit of introduction. I think not everybody is uh, is familiar with, with this concept. So is somebody there from Interesting, it? Yeah. Perfect.
10: Yeah. Um Hi all, I'm Nadav. I uh, was on the team working on trying to get uh, discrete log contracts, or DLCs, implemented on Lightning Channels. And uh, for a bit of background, a discrete log contract is a simple Bitcoin Oracle contract. So essentially you have um, uh, some DLC oracles who are just publishing Schnorr signatures of events. And the model goes, they just broadcast. Um, they don't know about their users. They don't know how their users are using their signatures. Uh, they just have some event and or some events, I guess. And then they broadcast signatures of what has happened in these events. And anyone who's listening can um, then create Bitcoin contracts on these uh, using a fancy property of uh, Schnorr signatures. Um, that if you have uh, pre-committed R values, which we require all oracles to do in this scheme, so essentially uh, all, for every event, an oracle has a pre-committed nonce for every event. And then um, just from public information, so the public key to that nonce and the uh, public key of the oracle, just from that, uh, and then the possible messages, you can compute um, the Essentially, if if the signature that the Oracle is going to put out eventually is treated as a private key You can compute the public key associated with it and then use it in your Bitcoin contract So essentially uh, to simplify things a little say um, There's uh, an Oracle that says uh, rain if it rains in my city today and uh, no rain otherwise uh, I can compute the point associated with the signature for rain without knowing what the signature is, uh, and then I can create a contract that says only someone like a two of two or an addition or something like that. Only someone who knows, uh, who can sign for my key and who can sign for the signature, <laughs> uh, can spend this. And, and that's essentially how you do these, um, discrete log contracts. Uh, and uh, so these are this is something that I've been working on at SharedBits along with uh, other people, including some folks over at CryptoGarage uh, for a while now on-chain. And uh, we took the opportunity of this hack sprint to try and get progress towards uh, moving some of this stuff off-chain. And so uh, what we ended up doing was essentially, in Rust Lightning, uh, work towards um, trying to get... Uh, some, uh, discrete log contracts on commitment transactions, uh, which essentially required that we, uh, refactored Rust Lightning quite a bit, uh, as I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, we did at least some work that, uh, was similar or maybe in, in parallel to Maxime's work, uh, to kind of make it so that not only HTLCs live on commitment transactions, we have kind of more generalized uh, kind of uh, setup now in our branch of uh, Rust Lightning that uh, should soon allow us to put, for example, a DLC funding output on a Lightning node. And I know that there's a proposal out there by uh, Rene and um, another person for doing something like this to enable, I think it was like rainbow network channels or something along these lines. But um, yeah, essentially we we were looking to uh, have some interesting outputs on commitment transactions is what the project more or less turned into. Uh, and we, we don't have anything done yet, but um, a lot of progress has been made on refactoring the Rust Lightning library, uh, primarily by Antoine. All right. It sounds
1: okay. Um, it's, it's a new concept, a little bit to me. So, um, personally, I have a little bit tried to to, to get into it. So, but, but oracles on, on so, so 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 you. How do you would communicate? So, used to gossip network there, or how would would you kind of yeah? Uh, a bit so of site network.
10: So the uh, the actual communication of the signatures from the oracle is uh, something of uh, You know, every oracle could kind of do its own thing. Um, at Shardbits, we're working on um, some oracles that you actually uh, pay for signatures and such over the Lightning Network, so that you still keep the anonymity uh, that you would get in like an ideal broadcast sense. Um, but also, you you have the nice. We're using like a, I think it's called like the paid standard or something. A payment atomic information decryption. So essentially, you send the information that is needed. Um, that is needed, uh, for, uh, the signature and and all these things encrypted with the payment pre-image. Um, and then someone approaches the Oracle over the lightning network and, you know, through routing and such and pays for, for their signature. I know that, um, other people are, are working on, or I think long-term we do want something like a gossip network for these Oracle signatures. Um, but, uh, in the short term, we're just kind of doing like an API with the lightning paywall, more or less. Go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to add because oracles are, I I find it such a, you know, uh, kind of like an esoteric topic. But uh, I always, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correct, and by the way, I totally think it's amazing what you guys are doing. um, But if I understand it correctly, like, are we are we doing anything with off chain data? Like, is that what's happening? Where where an off-chain event occurs, which makes it possible for something on-chain to happen or yes. vice versa? Is that okay?
10: <laughs> yeah. So essentially what we have, maybe maybe I could explain this a little better. So you have um, some server oracle say that's keeping track of something happening off-chain, say like in the real world or, or something like this. And then also off-chain, they're broadcasting signatures of these events. Uh, and specifically, they're broadcasting uh, Schnorr signatures with pre-committed R values. So like a, a specific type of signature that gives us some nice properties. Uh, and those properties include that um, we can create Bitcoin contracts for these events uh, or for these signatures specifically without knowing what the signatures are, um, because we can kind of get these like points or public keys associated with each possible outcome and mm-hmm. um, And then the second thing is that with these pre-committed R values, uh, oops, sorry, Uh, if an Oracle ever uh, says two different things, so if they ever equivocate uh, is, I think, the technical term, um, then you can actually derive the Oracle's private keys, like their signing keys, um, from two signatures of the same event. um, or Sorry, two different signatures of two different messages for what was supposed to be one event. Um, because uh, it's only going to be one event because they've pre-committed to this R value. And so essentially they've done like nonce reuse. And so what this, this gives us kind of a built-in protection where um, the Oracle stakes some funds in like a pay-to-pub key or pay-to-pub key hash uh, on the blockchain uh, with their signing keys. And, you know, everyone can verify that uh, the Oracle has that money publicly like viewable. And then if they ever equivocate, then users can steal the oracle's funds and signal to everyone else that the oracle has lied, uh, and equivocated. And there's some other protections that are pretty cool too, but, um, that's kind of the main fancy built-in one. Uh, and, and just generally the cool thing about discrete log contract oracles and, and kind of the model there is that, um, uh, it's very privacy-centric. The oracle should never learn about, uh, its users, uh, and they should never... So, they're, for example, say there's like a price feed and they're publishing um, signatures of the price. Uh, they do it in such a way that users can construct whatever contracts they want surrounding that price. And the Oracle doesn't know what kinds of contracts, you know, is it futures, options, skewed things, leveraged, all, all, all these different kind of like contracts that you can build as a client where the uh, server, the Oracle is just broadcasting like price signatures and they don't know how they're being used or anything like that. And also they're composable. So it's uh, essentially the the goal is to uh, minimize trust as much as possible and then uh, make sure that it stays amongst uh, trustworthy sources, more or less, as opposed to some other approaches that you'll see where... Uh, you know, people try and do all sorts of fancy shelling point stuff and distribute your trust amongst untrustworthy sources, but many of them, stuff like that, we think that uh, you want to distribute and minimize your trust amongst trustworthy sources. And one way of making sure people are trustworthy is making sure that they have, like, funds at stake and various other things like that.
0: Thank you very much, by the way, for explaining that, because I, I know that, uh, you know, I, I know that oracles can be a, uh, a pretty confusing topic, so I definitely appreciate it.
1: Totally. Okay, so um, I can quickly cover the. the we getting to the end of the list of the projects. So uh, we have the li- Lightning Donation tool for RubyGems. Uh, this was done by Boomi. Um, I think not here in the call, so I just try to, to give you an, a quickly an idea. So, um, as you know, in development, as a developer, you rely on a, lo- a lot of uh, libraries you use. So, this is all the big dependency tree that is out there. Uh, and so the idea is like, how maybe is it possible to give back a little bit to uh, to through, through this these through this projects to donate them? And this is a, a, um, a prototype uh, that's developed to check out your your Ruby dependencies, and uh, then kind of check if if one of those uh, those projects has a configured donation address with an LNL, and then kind of splitting a donation between all possible. Kind of uh, dependencies that are that are that are there. So nice thing to support developers. I can always uh, support the idea to support developers. It's always good. So uh, very very appreciate uh, prototype here. So but to put it in the standard would be interesting to see. Maybe in the future if somebody has some information where this prototype goes. Are uh, very very interested in that. Um, okay, and then I think we had some people working very actively together with Christian Decker in the C-Lightning Plugins channel, and I think somebody's here from the Hardware Wallet integration or some other you know, H- H- HSM secret generation. Please let us know and give us a little bit more, more the details.
11: Yeah, we are here. I think that uh, Mitchell is also here. Are you there? Yeah, I am there too.
6: So, yeah. You know. Do you hear me? Yeah, we do. All right. So, yeah, uh, so uh, me and Jordi were working on uh, uh, implementing the uh, BIP 39 uh, type of um, uh, seed for master key uh, in C Lightning. Uh, so, um, C Lightning can use. Uh, can be recovered from uh, the mnemonics, and uh, we are going to implement a change in C-Lightning, which will um, which will, uh, generate the seeds um, uh, with the mnemonic and uh, print it out if the um, C-Lightning installation is fresh. Uh, the work is in progress. Uh, it's not fully ready yet, but... Uh, we have our branches on uh, on our fork of C lightning and uh, yeah, hopefully very soon we'll be able to uh, submit a pull request uh, we have an issue in which we uh, in which Jordi described the idea um, because Jordi also came up initially with the idea thanks uh, thank you very much for that uh, let me share the screen um, Yeah, we are not able to do a proper demo of uh, how it works, but uh, we can show uh, uh, the issue and uh, the idea and uh, what we are uh, coming up with. So, oh yeah, uh, Jordi already linked it uh, in the chat, but uh, let me me show. Uh, Do you see my screen right now? Yes, we do all right so um so yeah uh, here's is the issue which jordi created to um, um to describe the uh, initial idea of um uh using BIP of uh, 39 stuff uh, yeah and uh, here uh, are the rings uh, we were brainstorm brainstorming a bit how to implement that uh yeah, Jordi came up with uh, some nice diagrams and uh, explanations of the overall idea, which uh, we're mostly sticking to. Um, yeah, Sorry,
0: also... I don't think we're all seeing your screen.
6: Really? Okay. Um, okay, let me try to reshare. Okay, there we what go. about now? Oh. All right, okay. So yeah, uh, the issue is there. Uh, HSM secret generation for the uh, seed phase. Um, yeah, uh, if you are interested it's in um, our brainstorming about the details, uh, uh, you, you can check out the issue. Uh, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, we don't have anything to like present because um, yeah, the most of code is done, but not a degree we, we can... Uh, so show any T-Mobile uh, stuff. Jordi, would you like to add anything? What, what is
0: that, like an Agile
11: chart? Uh, <laughs> no, that was just to ensure that, uh, because we're doing something here that is uh, by now, C-Lighting was like already widely used in, in real world. And it was using BIP32 for the hierarchical deterministic wallets. But the entropy, like the first bits that it need for generating the, the master key for the, the note, um, it was done at random using lip sodium. Okay. So basically now what we do is um, add one more step before those uh, random bits of entropy that uh, BIP32 uses that are derived from some mnemotechnic that comes from uh, BIP39. But we have to do it in such a way that um we don't break any, you know, any other people who is already running running um a node of of C lighting. So um this this chart was only to to be sure that um if people upgrade the node, the behavior is still exactly the same that it's right now for them. Um basically in the last um like the last uh, post on the issue, the last comment um it's like pretty well explained I think that even for someone who didn't follow all the the conversation can can understand what what's going on from there.
6: you mean your last comment here, yeah, it's very descriptive. Thank you very much again for that
1: this so this issue is to be to be defined on which repo repository In repository
6: uh in lightning repository
1: and thirty thirty seven one seven right
6: yeah exactly. Yeah. Jordan created it on Friday before the hack week, hack sprint. Yeah.
1: Perfect. So uh, also make sure uh, all projects. So on on the wiki. So you're still open to edit and maybe put some links there. So for everybody that maybe wants to check out all the projects, you find it at wiki.fulmo.org, and there you find then a link to the challenges, and there's a list of all the the projects um, try to describe themselves, and, uh, and you find more background information if you if you want to check this out. So because as far as I can see, we, we kind of through the list. So uh, maybe, Conigris, if you have anything you want to refer to or want to go, go somewhere like maybe where you say, oh, wait, maybe we combine this with that or something. So whatever you have on your mind, you know, so be <laughs> free to ask. <laughs>
0: No, I really appreciate it no i've I've actually've uh, gotten to ask everything i I wanted to during their presentation so I, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to uh, to do this wrap up and to join um I, I can tell you that there's a lot of enthusiasts out there that you know don't really get to have this kind of exposure and uh you know I'm just i'm I'm really glad that you guys take the time to uh, to come together to explain this and that we can do this so thank you very much to all of you
1: yeah um maybe you can ask a little bit what what is the best kind of way to approach such uh such new ideas what what is always the best like people t- presenting it on youtube or like uh, like in podcasts what is the your kind of way to do the best way to 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 really kind of get people introduced to such an idea because as you as you see some some sometimes it's quite technical
0: yeah exactly you know it's it's i mean it's definitely tough right you know it, it it's difficult to get people into it and I I think that even before they come to the point of understanding or even beginning to understand any of this, you know, you you have to get them interested just in just in Bitcoin. So this is definitely, you know, this is much more for the kind of person who's already into Bitcoin and wants to take that step into lightning, but totally feels overwhelmed because, you know, there's so many different uh, seemingly so many different pieces moving, you know, so. What one of the uh, I, I'd say that one of the biggest challenges that I get back uh, from people is the the user experience, right? And, and although it has gotten much better, it, it's still you know it, when a person feels a shift, um, that that's when they can tell that they're doing something different, and that's where they step out of their comfort zone. So the less often you know we have people stepping out of their comfort zone to perform these tasks and to use these you know to to use all these different um, services. I think the the easier it's going to be to explain it.
1: Yeah, so so it is always something we try to also make sure during the hexprints because we have a lot of projects there that that already kind of progressed, so uh oftentimes and already working on some very new progressive cases uh with, within the within the lightning ecosphere. So but it still, still should be something for, for new people to easy to onboard. Of course you should have experience on the uh on uh, You should have experience uh, at least in the basics kind of and coding should at least be, be something Thing you're not completely uh, away from, but also you can you can join as uh, uh, for, from other kind of disciplines, like even like testing. Um, pr- Giving feedback projects. There's a project and just okay, I want it over the weekend I just want to try your stuff. I just heard it on the next kind of on this podcast. Uh, will check a look if you're around on the next hexprint and then just want to try it out uh, and, and and if I get it running on my machine or if I could get this feature running and help me out and then give the, provide this feedback exactly from this new user user perspective. And this I think is, is the first step to to optimize on the on the UX kind of stuff. I oh, see Rene wants to wants to add something, so here we go.
3: Yeah, so I want to add that um, the project that we did uh, is, right, I can actually turn on my camera. <laughs> so um, I, I want to add that the project that we did, I did together with uh, Michael Siegner. He's a new PhD student at our university. And before the weekend, he had never to do anything with the Lightning Network. And I mean, we together did some bold specifications and uh, test code. So it's actually really easy to to get going. If you're a good computer scientist, just ping somebody who is doing some work and work in a team together. Um, I can say for sure that um, we had a much better progress together with Michael uh, in comparison than if I had done it alone, because I had somebody who I could run by ideas and who would criticize my ideas and stuff like that. Right. And Michael had a great learning curve. I think he learned more about lightning in, in this one or two days than I had learned in the first month where I was completely on my own trying to learn about the Lightning Network. So I I, I just want to encourage people who know programming to reach out to people and say, hey, let's do a project together. Let's do some pair programming. Let's do some code reviews. Um, Most people are very happy to have somebody to chat about
1: ideas and have some people criticizing them. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something we, we want to do during the hack sprints, so bringing people together. So if you have any more idea how we can optimize the format um, and make it easier for people to jump in, uh, maybe get matched up with, with another project, uh, let us know. Uh, we always try to keep the organizing uh, in, in, mostly flat uh, as possible, but we're always there to help out and to improve on that, so bringing new people in. Uh, should be also one goal of those experts especially now and this is really the feedback i got and I really really, really was uh, what was i was really liking this is that uh, we were seeing that people now that we're doing these online events people were able to to join even if they were not able before joining a hack day uh and because now this is an online event and this this removes kind of the barriers to 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 join it but on the other side when you general gen, just jump into it. You should always should also find a starting spot for you and to make how we can make this easier. Jeff, if you have any ideas and maybe when 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 will the next Hexprint be? So um, just um, always open for those kind of suggestions and to improve that.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, so we're looking to do this again in five weeks and maybe announce it a bit earlier this time. So this is happening right now. Um, if you want to save the date for the weekend of June 13th and 14th, that's in five weeks, uh, we can get together again. Um, um, regarding newcomers or or more ideas, um, during the lightning hack days, we already had, we always had some sessions for newcomers that explained the very basics and, um, we kind of Decided against that for the lightning hack sprints because we just wanted to see how it works. But we could reintroduce that and also have some sessions for, for newcomers to explain some basics again, or we'll have a couple of sessions that do explain um, some broader ideas like DLCs or watchtowers, and and things like that. And and that's also something I, I we're trying to do with the pod splits, podcast, just or video cast or whatever you want to call. It. Just trying to get some people that that talk about more like high level slash low level ideas and just keep the conversation going and, and keep like improving and keep a constant flow of knowledge for people who are interested.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And thank you very much. And just to go back to your point you made about the, you know, the, the higher level stuff, I, I think that sometimes, you know, what you guys miss that, you know, or, or maybe that you, you don't get to appreciate as much or don't feel as much appreciation for is that, um, you know, all the work that you guys are doing are making it possible so that everybody else can understand it easier. Right. So it's it's because of your fi- it's because of all these finished ideas that you guys are doing and uh, that people are able to then go and use it as as freely and as easily a- as it can be used. You know.
1: Thanks. This is definitely something we uh, we, uh, we try to, to reach and uh, and come experiment stuff, try stuff out. What can be more performant? How can it be more accessible? This is exactly what kind of drives a lot of uh, projects. Uh, and but we need always people looking from the outside uh, that, uh, that that that. We can, we can ensure a little bit more. So so any idea again is very, very welcome. And uh, to, to see that that we can communicate this is very, very great. Thanks.
0: Cool. And again, thank you so much, by the way, for uh, always organizing this. It, it's really amazing, all. I really appreciate it. And big shout out to Jeff, of course. I mean, shout out to all you guys, but uh, you guys are the ones that make this possible. So we really appreciate it.
1: Thanks. Well, thank you for taking part. Yeah, (laughs) thanks everybody for having this great weekend.
0: I have the easiest part. I just get to listen to you guys talk about the amazing things that you're doing. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, and then again, I can remind everybody: you're free to to work between hack sprints. So this is really the hack sprint is more like concentrated time than to to push stuff forward, connect you to with new people. Uh, so if you, if you find anything interesting here, even if you just listen to the podcast, uh, feel free to to contact the people uh, that are on the projects. So always happy to 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 connect here. And, and then if you've got something going during the hack feel free to present it the next time. And we're very, very interesting to see you then next time in June.
0: Cool. Thank you so much. So do we have any other questions or comments before we wrap this up? All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on and uh, doing the wrap-up session for the hack sprint. And I look forward to, uh, to the developments that you guys are doing in the next five weeks.
1: Sure. Thank you for hosting. Thanks
0: guys. Cheers. Thank you, Thank you everybody for
1: coming. Bye bye. Have a great weekend. Rest of it. Cheers. You too. Bye. Cheers.
2: bye. Bye.
6: And
1: call your mother. It's mother day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
9: bye
0: bye. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the fun with Bitcoin podcast. Um, all of the uh, details for all of these projects are going to be in the show notes as well. As anybody who gave me their their Twitter handle, I desperately tried to get everybody's contact information from Twitter, but uh, unfortunately, not you know, not not everybody wants to give that away. But either way, um, there'll be all the information about the projects on uh, the um, I, I believe it's the Hack Sprint or the uh, on the Fullmo wiki. So I'll post that in the show notes um, as well. Uh, also look for the, uh, the link to Swan Bitcoin if you're interested in doing some dollar cost averaging. So you can head on over to their website and check out uh, what they offer. And of course, if you want to contact me, um, I'm at CoinIcarus on Telegram and Twitter. And if you want to send me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening and catch you next time.